This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet, we'll recap UFC on ESPN 15, Munoz vs. Edgar, talk fighter stocks with GSP, hit you with our weekly segments, Isn't He Awesome, and real-world call-outs, discuss the news this week in MMA, and last but not least, preview UFC on ESPN Plus 33, Smith vs. Rakage. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of Just Like That. With me, as always, is our co-host, Ryan. My name is Alex, and we got a full episode today. A full a fight card to recap, a fight card to preview. But first, we'll start things off with our take of the week. So, um, Ryan, what do you got for us for a take of the week? Yeah, I got uh, Herb Dean would have stopped both the Trevin Giles versus, or I'm sorry, Trevin Jones versus uh, Timur Valiev fight and the Daniel Rodriguez versus Dwight Grant fight, costing the fans and um, you know the fighters a huge victory in that one just because of all the scrutiny. I know we've been talking about this a lot, but all the scrutiny Ariel and the rest of his loser group have been putting on Herb Dean over the late stoppages. So, I mean, I think you know that's why we let these fights go on that are close to being stopped. Like, this is the perfect example. Two amazing fights in one card, huge comebacks. Would have been stopped if Herb Dean was in there only because of Ariel and them. Usually Herb Dean lets those fights go on and, you know, fights like that happen because of him. But, you know, I think he would have uh, would have stopped him because we've seen him been pulling the trigger a little bit too early lately. Yeah, I knew you were pumped for that. I knew you were pumped for that. And I thought of that exact thing when I saw those. Because, yeah, this is what we've been talking about for ever since this stuff started, ever since these stoppages started. Uh, perfect example, Frankie Edgar is notorious for his fights like legendary fights with Gray Maynard where he got dropped three times, which that, those fights were on during the week. And uh, I rewatched them leading up to this fight. And I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, his best moments ever would have been taken away from him because, uh, um, you know, the, the beta journalist and the social justice warrior journalist. So, yeah, that's a good take there. And uh, I think I think what makes it a hot take is that normally Herb would not have made this mistake, but because he's got all this pressure on him now, and uh, his his record lately, I think that uh, that I think you're right that Herb would have stopped it. So, so yeah, I agree with you on that one. But yeah, that's a good take. That's a good take for the um, start us off. All right, my hot take of the week, um, because it's an Anthony Smith fight week, and because we talk about, well, we talk about the we talk about uh, MMA fighters and the having the worst tattoos in sports and maybe anywhere in life. And I feel like we need to just point out, just because it's an Anthony Smith fight week, so it gives everyone a chance to check this out, I think Anthony Smith is the goat of bad tattoos. And it's not necessarily one specific one, but it is uh, it is just the body of work in general. So like he, he doesn't have like the damage or anything like that. Like Some of the ones that really stick out is the worst tattoos. Uh, one specific tattoo. He doesn't have a dick on his stomach. Well, that too, and the Bellator guy with the dick on his stomach, who reached out and said that he, it's an incomplete tattoo. So... Um, I actually have confirmation that that is not the finished product. And I can confirm that Anthony <laughs> Smith's are the finished product. Yeah, uh, the some reporter reached out to me on Twitter to let me know that he got an interview with him. They both confirmed that this was not the finished product. So uh, Bellator guy, I forgot his name, Chris, Chris something. Um, I'm skeptical until I see the final product, though, because I honestly think 
he jokingly got a dick tattooed on him and now he's trying to cover it up or he's laughing about what's obviously a dick. I mean, that's obviously a dick. Side side note from this, that's obviously a dick tattoo. <laughs> like everyone 100%. sees that. It's terrible. And that may be the worst single tattoo, but I'm talking about body of work. Listen to what Anthony Smith has. It's like if every white girl got together and got all the generic tattoos that they had. So one arm is all tribal, like the rock tribal, like Polynesian tribal. Another arm is like all traditional Asian, like carp, dragons. So, I mean, he's already clashing. And that's just the beginning. The next thing he's got, he has Roman numerals, which whatever, everyone has Roman numerals. That's not a big deal on its own. But when then he has a no regrets. And um, he has a he has a lion on his chest and a tiger next to the lion on his side, a cross. Uh, and then it gets this is where we get into the like the most generic cliche ones you can you could ever imagine. He has the infinity symbol that turns into a feather. I'm pretty sure it turns into a feather. It for sure is the infinity symbol, which is like the classic white girl tattoo. And then he has a dream catcher on his back. I think he might have his own name tattooed on his shoulder blades. Like it's every phase that every tattoo, like popular tattoo went through. He went and got them all. Um, no, I wouldn't be surprised if he has like carpe diem. It's just like, or like if he has like the star tattooed on him somewhere, like what's the most generic tattoo you can think of? Like the most generic or like the most yeah, cliche. Uh, a dream just about catcher. Everyone, yeah. I'm looking at this infinity sign with the feather, a dream catcher. Yeah. Like an infinity uh, symbol, the infinity sign with the feather is pretty ridiculous. That's like 2009, like just graduated high school. Like four girls went and got that tattoo. Why does he have two lions? No, one's a tiger. Like right above each other. One's a tiger. Or one's a tiger? I think so. Couldn't decide between a lion and a tiger, even though he's a lion heart. And if you look at the no regrets one next to a tribal, it's like a, I, I mean, it's like straight out of like a, like a temporary tattoo book, except they're not temporary, even though they look like they're fading off. Maybe they're like 50 <laughs> year temporary. I don't know, man. He does have some bad tattoos. I've never even noticed it until you're pointing it out now. Now that I'm looking at them. Yeah, I was just Yeah, they're ridiculous. It's it's like a uh, it's like a sketchbook of like every like like if you put every like 18-year-old together and like what's your dream tattoo, man? And be like, I want a tribal tattoo on my whole arm. All right, he's got it. What do you want on your other arm? Oh, I want some Chinese symbols cuz everyone had those t- 10 years ago. It's like just <laughs> what like such a clash too and then like it, so we go from tribal to asian to native american because now he's got a dream catcher to no regrets which is just like i don't know a white trash slogan um and i don't even know i can't even tell what some of them are because they're like so faded out uh i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's two lines alex i'm looking at it right now (laughs) the bottom one's a really bad lion which i'm assuming he got first and then he thought his nickname's going to be lionheart and he's like fuck i need a lion over my heart so he's like shit i got to get even though my other one's right below the nipple it's not on the heart so i got to get a new lion <laughs> on over my heart so cuz i'm lionheart now oh i thought it was a tiger it it looks the one the picture i'm looking at looks like a tiger like i haven't even done that much research into this this is just something i was thinking about i thought about it while his last fight card i may have even tweeted something about it but i was just looking at him like this dude really jumbled up every cliche tattoo, every generic cliche tattoo into into one body of work. And I just think the overall the overall um body of work is probably amongst the worst in in MMA. And if you're the worst tattoos in MMA, then you're the worst tattoos in life because 
MMA just has the worst tattoos like of any sport. I cannot think of anybody even close. Yeah. Yeah, the, they're not very good. I mean, yeah, the uh, the tattoos in themselves isn't very bad, aren't that bad, but yeah, they're just the putting it all together is ridiculous. Like there's got to be like only God can judge me somewhere out, somewhere on there and there's got to be like um Carpe Diem and uh like One Life One Chance. They're all in there somewhere. Definitely. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on on this one. He he's got some of the worst. And and there is a tramp stamp on there somewhere too. Like I don't know what it says or like I can't get close <laughs> enough. But that's like very bad. That's like yeah, the Yeah, we do our research now cuz we're <laughs> we're not we're not misidentifying any tattoos Yeah, anymore. we've been known to misidentify tattoos before, but I don't think we're screwing this one up. So, and even if you <laughs> even if you say it wrong, even if you assume it's the wrong thing, he probably has it on him somewhere. So, you really win either way. <laughs> So, uh, we don't have to get into this any further. If you're interested, his he is fighting on Saturday. Take a look for yourself. Um, nothing against him personally either. I don't really care. Uh, he probably has like he's probably notorious for saying like my body is a canvas, my tattoos are my story, or something along those lines. So he probably doesn't care. <laughs> I don't care. Just funny. Just something to point out. Just to take take the week that fits with the uh, his upcoming fight, so everyone can take a look at it for themselves. But Again, nothing personal against him, but that's my take for the week. And um, I think we're ready now to move on to our uh, weekly recap from a pretty exciting fight card. What was this? This was uh, UFC on ESPN 15, Edgar versus yep. Munoz. All yeah, right. Yeah. Munoz versus Edgar. Munoz is the headliner, That's apparently. right. That's right. We don't want to take that away from him. So uh, No, but I don't think it's going to be. He's not going to be getting his name first again anytime soon, though. All right. So, yeah. And one thing, you know, we always like to say is, you know, on these cards that you don't know a lot of people on on the card, you know, maybe you just knew the top few fights. They always tend to bring it like these guys are trying to make a name for themselves. They know that no one knows who they who they are. They you know, this might be their first fight on their UFC contract. They might only have a one fight deal because of COVID and they bring it. You know, they're trying to get a deal. They're trying to get well known. So a lot of times you might not know these guys, but the fights always seem to end up really good on some on these cards for some reason. Yeah, it's almost hard to believe that they're actually like the fight quality is so high. I can't remember the fight quality being this high. Like it's like MMA has been in a good place for a couple of years because of the people are standing and banging more. It's a lot more. Even guys that specialize in wrestling are standing and trading. I don't know if it's the fight bonus. I don't know exactly what it is. But, yeah, I mean, these cards were like, I don't know, 10 people are making their UFC debut. It's like these fights just seem to these fights just seem to get exciting fast. And, like, the odds are the lines and stuff, if you're betting these fights, are all over the place. You can get lucky. You can scout a guy. You can do all sorts of stuff. But, yeah, these this was a – this card was insane as far as, like, underdogs and everything. So – so, yeah, this was a good one as far as uh, no-name value, but great fights. Yep, definitely, definitely. So we can start off with the first fight here. Um, usually we take it from the top, but kind of did the notes backwards this time. So we'll start from the bottom. Just They're all good, so it doesn't matter. Yep. Um, we got Tamur Valiev versus um, Trevin Jones, which uh, was an unreal fight. I mean, Valiev, he was a huge favorite, I think minus 600. Um, he comes out in the first round and just looks unstoppable, really takes it to Trevin Jones. Trevin Jones doesn't look like he has anything for him, honestly. Um, I mean, he, and he almost gets stopped. He hurt Jones bad in that first round, followed it up with um, huge flurry, head kick, and Jones looked like he was out of it. It looked like the ref was going to jump in at any minute, but he let it go. 
Um, and Jones just took a complete beating. And in that second round, he uh, he landed that one shot he needed. And that's why, you know, we like to see these uh, these fights go because, um, you know, anything can happen. And that fight, you know, Trevin Jones just goes to prove that. Um, right before the fight started, you know, I said, you know, look for Trevin Jones to win this one. The bleach blonde hair has been been coming through. So, so and, hot. Uh, and it bleached, pulled through again. Bleached hair is so hot right now. I can't think of a guy with bleached hair who's lost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, we'll have to see about pink hair because Adesanya has pink hair now. So we'll see about him in a month. But bleached hair, bleached hair I think is undefeated in 2020. I thought there was one person that lost with bleached hair. Or no, or was that a mullet? That I, oh, there's, been a, f- the there's been a few mullet losses. There's been a few mullet losses, even though we love to see mullet guys fight. Yeah, Tim Elliott lost with a mullet, but then he came back and cut his mullet and won. Everyone else with the mullet, I think, is uh, I think is won. So the mullet's been hot. Yeah, there was a mullet. There was a mullet win on this card. Um, Shellum, uh, Matthew Selmsberger yeah, that's beat right. uh, Carlton Minus, which I didn't have this fight on the recap, but since it's a mullet win, we'll put it on there real fast. Carlton Minus. Just did not look like he belonged in there. He was the one fighter on this card who didn't really look like he belonged. He he looked didn't really seem like he was all that in shape. I mean, he went all three rounds, but just didn't throw much volume. He had a decent jab, but um, that's Semmelsberger. He really brought it. He just he stayed in his face. He was landing the more powerful shots, and yeah, it, it was a decent fight. But out you know on a normal card, it might be on the recap, but uh, on this one, it definitely was you know not uh not cut amazing compared other to the than the of mullet them. other than the mullet and missed Not, the cut. other than the mullet yep yeah so and that fight was a pick so pretty much even on even odds on that one uh our next fight though was uh definitely on the recap here we got uh ike villanueva versus jordan the beverly hills ninja right um this was a crazy one coming in like uh the beverly hills ninja like notorious can crusher so i looked up his record before he had actually fought a guy that was 0 22 and he's really he's undefeated himself i'm not lying i think before at some point his record his p- opponent's record was one and 42 combined record and he was like wow. 10 he was like 10 and 0 well i'll i'll tell you what i mean ike villanueva is about the uh the biggest can you can get in the ufc though he's still the notorious can crusher he landed a really solid head kick to start off the fight um then landed those huge knees in the clinch. You couldn't even tell that uh, Villanueva's eye was that bad because he just kind of kept taking it to him there. But then when the round ended, man, his eyelid was like hanging off. That was that was pretty bad. Yeah, one of the most gruesome, one of the most gruesome recent injuries I think we've seen. I feel like we did. You see his eye bone there? Like it was it was like a it was like a chunk out of his eye. Yeah, he's a can. Yeah, he lost to Chase Sherman in his last fight, so I don't really know what to say about him. Perfect fight for um. Perfect fight for Jordan Wright, who actually was the betting favorite, but only slightly. Yeah, he. I mean, if you lose to Chase Sherman, I'm not sure who you're beating in the UFC. So, yeah, perfect fight for Jordan Wright to stay undefeated. What a grind, though. Like, undefeated with uh, with not too much skill. So, But maybe he proved us wrong. Uh, he'll have to put his undefeated record on the line again soon. Yeah, I would like to see him fight somebody else. I don't know. He, lo- he looked good, I mean, but it might have just been – you know, maybe Ike Villanueva would make anyone look good. Who knows? Yeah, that could be. We'll see soon. I'm, I suppose yeah. these COVID guys are fighting fat. Like, they're turning them out quick, so. Yeah, we'll see how long it takes that eye to get stitched up, though. 
So it might be a while. But um, yeah, up next we got uh, I got Daniel Rodriguez versus Dwight Grant, and this was the other fight, the uh, the other fight that looked like it was over until it wasn't. And uh, complete comeback by Daniel Rodriguez. Daniel Rodriguez got dropped early, um, like right off the bat by Dwight Grant. Dwight Grant was just going, going hard on him, and it looked like uh, looked like it was over. I can't believe the ref didn't stop it. He, uh, but Daniel Rodriguez, every time the refs had to do something, he tried to get up. He tried to, you know, improve his position, so they let it go. And then as soon as they got back to their feet, I I knew this was gonna go Daniel Rodriguez's way because you could just tell the way Dwight Grant was moving. He was completely gassed. He he emptied the tank trying to get the finish and didn't get it. And uh, and Daniel Rodriguez came through and landed. Um, what what was it when he he landed a uh, he dropped him twice the first time and then and the second time he the ref jumped in there and stopped it. But uh, yeah, Dwight Grant didn't really have a chance after he didn't get the fight didn't get stopped there. Yeah, and uh, Daniel Rodriguez is a guy I forget about. Every time I see him fight, I'm like, dang, that guy's pretty good. He's got a few good wins in a row now. He's on a winning streak. Last time I saw him fight, I'm like, man, that guy's pretty good. Is he? He's the guy that trains with Cowboy, right? Uh, I believe so. He he fought recently. Yeah. Um, in the Vegas COVID fights. Um, I forget who he fought though. Um, yeah, but he is on a two fight winning streak. I think that might be the. Is only two. I don't know how long he's been in the UFC. Actually, hold on, I'm looking it up right now. Um. Oh no, he has three. F- Three fights. Oh, he beat Tim Means in his first fight in the UFC. So coming in, beating Tim Means, the Dirty Bird. I know he's seen his better days, but uh, beating him right up um, in your first fight—that's always a, a good look. Then he beat uh, he beat Gabriel Green was in his last fight in that Woodley versus Burns card, and then he beats Dwight Grant. So he's building up a you know a decent resume here, and um, I'd like to see him fight again because uh, yeah, after a fight like that, it looks like he, the Tim Means fight was fight of the night. So he's been putting on some good performances. Yeah, definitely. He's got a pretty solid skill set, especially standing up. Yeah, I mean, another fight, like you said, he, he got dropped with like a – it was like a jab that dropped him early. It wasn't anything – it was just in the right spot. And, um, yeah, just just uh, cleared the cobwebs, got back up, and uh, outlasted his opponent. Dwight Grant looked good until he didn't. So, But, I mean, another – just a banger of a fight. Like, two guys you don't hear a ton about, but it was a good fight. Was this the fight where they were both supposed to fight somebody else until right before that? One of these fights, they were both scheduled to fight somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Da- Daniel Rodriguez was supposed to fight uh, Sato. Um, oh yeah, Takashi Sato. Takashi yeah, and that would have been a good Sato. fight. That would have been a good fight too. Yeah, he brings it. So, but um, I don't think it could have been any better than this one though. Nope. So yeah, I'm glad that the change got made because uh, exciting fight for a one round fight. That's about as good as it gets. Yeah, absolutely. That was an exciting one. Um, next up, we're on our main card now. Was that on, that might, might've been on the main card anyways. That, yeah, that was the first, first fight first, of the main first card. First fight but then, of the main card. Well, our next yeah, fight. Yeah, this is when it starts getting good. <laughs> our next fight, Maria Agapova versus, um, Shauna Dobson, I guess is how you say it. Uh, Maria Agapova was a minus 1600 favorite. Shauna Dobson was like plus 900 or something. One of the biggest underdogs in UFC in recent UFC history. And um, I don't know what Maria Agapova was doing. Came out, guns blazing, completely gassed herself out. I don't know if there was adrenaline issues. I don't know if there's weight cut issues. I don't know what it was. But she, when she gassed out, she pretty much went uh, She pretty much went dead. Got technically finished in the second round. Um, not a good look for somebody who seemed like she had a lot of solid tools and a kind of a kind of a potential prospect in a tough division to lose to uh, Shauna Dobson, 
who, to her credit, is now training at Team Elevation, who's been on an insane run. So maybe that had something to do with it. But I think it was just mismanagement by a 23-year-old Maria Agapova. But this is a big this is a big step back for her and her progress. And I know a lot of people were excited to see her fight. And um, it started off good, and it went good until it didn't. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a learning experience for Agapova. I, I still think she's uh, she's going to make a run at towards the top of the division regardless of this outcome. But I think it's definitely a big learning experience. I mean, she looked like she was on fast forward in that round. If she would have done 50% of what she did, she would have still won the round easily. So it's just it's something that, uh, you know, she's probably excited. She's got a lot of hype. She knows that huge favorite. She thinks she's just going to go out there and just blow through Dobson. Dobson's game. I know, uh, you know, she she hasn't done great in the UFC, but, you know, she proved that she's a game fighter. And, you know, anyone in the UFC, if you, you know, you can't just gas like that. She went completely, um, completely too hard and and just completely had a huge adrenaline dump. As soon as the second round started, I'm like, damn, she's she's done. She you could tell it in her punches. She just wasn't doing anything. And then like, I mean, she at least was able to throw punches. But then once she got taken down to the ground, she was just laying there not doing it not she was barely even covering up I'm surprised they didn't stop it sooner um yeah it's it's tough to see a prospect go down like that but it's uh it's a learning experience but as far as the betting line minus 1600 minus 14 minus a thousand is crazy for a 23 year old unproven prospect for a line to be that high um I wish I would have jumped on Shana Dobson I didn't because I was bought into the hype train but looking back on it it's like all of these all of these like young favorites with huge betting lines are are going down because they're just getting way too much hype. These veterans know what they're doing. They're gonna, you know, I'm sure Shane Dobson when Maria Agapova came out that hard, she's like, all right, I just gotta last this round. And she's done. Um, but yeah, it's a learning experience. I think she'll come back. I think she'll be better than ever. Just a uh, funny thing, Ashley, the girlfriend, she said uh, before the fight started, she said Maria Agapova looks like Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she kind of did too, and she was. She was jacked up before the fight. Like she, and she was like that in her last fight too. That she won against uh, Hannah Cyphers. Um, yeah, I saw that line and I did get a a, a small, small, fairly small um, Dobson by knockout prop bet that paid uh, sixteen to one. So that was cool. It was really small. Basically, just uh, made up for the parlays. All the parlays. Huge rookie mistake here. I threw Maria Agapova in some parlays strictly so I could say that they were seven fight parlays instead of six fight parlays. Because I didn't get it. You don't get anything extra for that. So that was just that was just idiotic. I was like, this is in the bag. Um, so I kind of hedged it at the last second. When you see a line like that, like, it doesn't even make sense. Like, that, what was it? She, she finished as a 1375 favorite. Shanna Dobson, Shauna Dobson finished as a plus 900. So you can always, uh, you can always jump on those circus odds and, occasionally they'll pay off so but I believe this was one of the biggest upsets since um since uh, Holly Holm knocked out Ronda Rousey so um you can't ex- you can't expect it to happen every time but there's so many variables in MMA just like the uh Sean O'Malley the odds weren't anywhere near that but I mean break your foot hurt yourself get a cut there's so many things that can happen so just a kind of a side note you see an underdog that big it's always a little bit um tempting to jump on it and you never know so yeah, I hope she comes back better than ever. Tough loss though. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to uh, to uh, make light of a bad loss, but young enough that she can get back in there soon and um, improve on it. Yeah, exactly. But we'll move on. We'll let Maria Agapova recover from exhaustion. I'm sure she's still uh, 
she's still doing some liquid IVs or something to get uh, get back into the game from after that. But uh, next up, we got the uh, up Marcin, yeah, Marcin uh, Pracnio versus Mike Rodriguez. And Mike Rodriguez, I mean, he looked really good in this one. Um, he looked tall. He looked long. Uh, he completely, uh, you know, dismantled Marcin Pracnio in that first round um, and won via um, knockout in the first round. So, yeah, he looked really good. Um, I'd like to see him kind of take a step up in competition and see what he's got for, um, you know, move up in that uh, 205 division because uh, they need some uh, young talent in there, and he looks like he can uh, he can make a run. Yeah, he, he dominated this fight quickly, um, really strong in the clinch, landed some huge knees. Yeah, 205, 205 needs all the help it can get right now. And, um, you know, he was, a, he was a minus 240 favorite, so it wasn't like he was off the charts as a favorite, but he was – he was a, a somewhat of a decent favorite, um, but he was he was miles ahead of his competition. Fight started off somewhat somewhat close, but I mean he as soon as he got him in the clinch, he dominated. So that was a, and that was a great knockout too. Like that was that was a powerful clean knockout. So that was a good fight too. Yeah, and then so we'll move on to the main event. Um, that was the co-main, uh, although it was supposed to be OSP. OSP got COVID. So uh, for the main event. I'm sure you guys all know Pedro Munoz versus Frankie Edgar, and this was a great fight. Um, you know, one of the better fights of the year. Definitely, you know, top five, ten fight of the year so far, in my opinion. Um, I, th- I know I thought it was really great. Let's start off. What are your thoughts on the decision? Yeah, and it, this was a really good fight. Um, Frankie Edgar looked like this is the division he belongs in, and uh, he was in the fight the whole time. He looked good. His chin looked solid which was my biggest uh, skepticism leading up to this, even though he's had a notoriously iron chin for a long, long time. But his last few fights, um, getting knocked out by Brian Ortega, getting knocked out by um, Korean Zombie, I was a little skeptical. Chin held up great. At the end of the day, though, I felt like Munoz didn't get robbed, but I thought Munoz won that fight. I really do think so. My The fan in me says... Uh, um, happy for Frankie, of course, happy for Frankie Edgar at uh, 30s, whatever he is. He might be 38 years old. And um, and it was close enough to say, I mean, Frankie was scoring points. Munoz was doing damage. At the end of the day, it came down to um, whatever the judges were scoring on. M- Munoz was clearly clearly landing the more damaging blows. The leg kicks were brutal. Um, and Frankie was just uh, throwing more shots and landing more shots. So, um I'm not upset with the judge's score with the judge's call, but I probably I, I had it the other way personally. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I, I was like I thought the only clear round was Frankie in round two, and I thought the other four could honestly go either way. Um, you know, Mike or let's see, uh Mike Frankie Edgar was uh clearly uh you know, landing a little bit more volume, but not much. But Pedro Munoz had the uh, the forward pressure. You know, he was putting the pressure on Frankie. So it's hard to say in those fights. Technically, the judges aren't supposed to consider the pressure unless there's no clear advantage in the striking. So, you know, if, if that's the case, Frankie Edgar maybe wins those rounds like and the judges scored it right. Um, I thought it was interesting. The one judge had it 49-46, the other two 48-47. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I could see I could see either scorecard, honestly. it was It was a very close fight. Um, and yeah, I thought, I thought you kind of hit, hit on something interesting. Yeah. I mean, Frankie, everyone was saying he was chinny, but you know, he comes down to 135 and his chin looks, you know, he took some power shots and, uh, you know, 
maybe these one four these one thirty fivers don't have what the one forty fivers have. That's for sure. So I mean, even at thirty eight years old, Frankie Edgar looked like he could make a run at this division. So I'd like to see him maybe get a winner, one or two more wins, and uh, you know potentially go for the uh, the title if possible. Yeah, that would be that would be an awesome story. Um, I don't know a single person who doesn't like Frankie Edgar. I've never heard of anyone. And to think he was dominating the 155 division not not all that long ago, um, a long time in MMA history, but not that long ago in um, in reality. And uh, he looks like he should have been at 35 his whole career. Like he looked great at 35. He looked quick. His chin looked good. Hel- everything held up. Took some bombs from one of the harding one of the hardest hitting guys in the division. So, and a number the number five ranked. Um, the number five ranked uh, contender in that division who just had a big win over Cody Garbrandt. Obviously that was a kind of a crazy fight for Garbrandt. That was probably pretty stupid on his behalf, but still nonetheless, um, great win for him. And uh, like I said, it could have gone either way. Frankie was definitely hurting more by the time the fight was over, but he's a tough guy. Can never count him out in a fight. So awesome for him. Awesome storyline. Big favorite or big underdog. If you had him, if you picked him and I think, um, a decent amount of people did some just off name value some some off the fact that he's quick and he never stops moving and he's uh he's durable yeah I think when after I live bet him uh after the first one once I saw that he could take the punch I'm like man he, he's in this fight you know so I you know I, I liked him in that fight once I saw that his chin was holding up you know um but yeah great fight by Frankie Edgar great fight by Pedro Munoz um but yeah I'm really happy to see Frankie get that win yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's, I mean, one of the best storylines of uh, in a while. Uh, was that was that our JLT fight of the night? Yeah, I would give that JLT fight of the night. Uh, JLT knockout of the night. I didn't really have one down. Um, I didn't have one selected this week, but I mean, there were so many good ones. It's hard. It's hard to give it to someone. So we'll just uh, for the you know JLT knockout of the night. I would give it to Trevin Jones. I think just because of you know he put him out and. Uh, and it was just so unexpected. He really got his ass in that first round to come out in the second and then knock out Valiev like that as such a big underdog. I, I think I would lean if I, uh, towards uh, Trevin Jones to win knockout of the night. Yeah, and placement, accuracy, that thing was right on the button. Just shut his lights out. Yep. So, yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, right check hook. He said he was said he could. Uh, he thought that might work, and it did. So I think in the post fight. Yeah, it worked all right. Should have done it earlier. Right. All right, so that'll do it for our recap, unless you got something else you want to add to that. Nope. All right, so that'll do it for our recap. That'll bring us to our fighter stocks with GSP. Anyway, on a positive note, George St. Pierre is back. Fighting business, it's like the stock market. Some guys, sometimes their stock is high, some guys their stock is low, and it's a question of timing. I wanted to make a big boom in my comeback, and like I said, it's like the stock market. Right now, the guy who has the highest stock, right now, it's Michael Bisping. All right, let's do our, let's trade some fighter stocks. Um, we'll start with who's going up. I think the obvious one here is uh, 135 Frankie going up. Yep, definitely 135 Frankie, look good. Uh, going up, I got Trevin Jones, um, you know, great knockout. I just, uh, just gave him the KO the night and, uh, it needs moving on up. Yeah. And that's a big one for him as a big, big underdog. Uh, I got Joe Selecki choking out Austin Hubbard in the first round. He was, this was basically a pick em fight, but 
I don't think anyone expected him to dominate like he did. I actually picked Hubbard, maybe a little bit of Regency bias as Hubbard. Um, beat the brakes off his last opponent so bad that uh, he put him in retirement. And uh, Joe Selecki was also a jiu-jitsu guy, just like uh, Max Roshkoff. So I thought maybe he had his number. I thought maybe uh, Hubbard was starting to put it together. He's had some good fights with some good fighters, too. And uh, I thought maybe Joe Selecki was uh, not too much for him to handle. But he got on his neck, and he uh, he backpacked him, and he got that choke in. And he uh, he finished him off pretty quick. Yep. Uh, going up, I got, uh, I got Shayna Dobson, big win, cashed as the biggest underdog in a while. So definitely Shayna Dobson on her way up. Yeah. You can't discredit a, one of the biggest, uh, upsets in UFC history that will, people will probably forget about, but nonetheless, one of the biggest in UFC history. So you can only go up from there. And I think she had some bad losses leading into that. And, uh, my last going up is, uh, both Rodriguez's, both Rodriguez's stock go up. Both of them got big wins. And uh, they both look good doing it. Yeah, and last but not least, Beverly Hills Ninja on the way up. Hit the nickname made him seem like a goofball before, but now you know, now he's just running the streets of Beverly Hills. I bet just knocking people out. Yeah, so, I'm saving a little something. Challenging for him. Luke Rockhold to a duel at a bus stop <laughs> out there. We need it. We need to see it. All right, so now we'll yeah. we'll see who we got going down here. Uh, obviously, the most obvious one I would like to start with would be Maria Agapova. Not necessarily um, maybe buy her while she's low right now because even though I still believe in her skill set, I still think she's a good has all the tools to be a contender. You can't um, you can't turn your head on a bad loss like this as being a speed bump and a possible warning sign. Whether or not it was a miss uh, um, mismanagement, a bad cut, whatever, too much energy exerted early, it's kind of a it's kind of a sign. Just uh, keep an eye on her. Stock price drops a little bit. Maybe a good time to buy it if you uh, if you believe she's going to tr- uh, straighten these things out. Yeah, definitely her stock's going down, but I think uh, I think it would be one to buy just because I think 23, she's young. I think she's going to bounce back. And also my other going down would be Tamir Valiev, and that's also one that I think you might want to buy. I think, um, you know, you get caught sometimes, but he looked really good in that first round, and I think he's uh, a solid fighter overall. So, you know, he's he, he took a bad loss this week, but, uh, you know, look for him to, to bounce back. Yeah, I mean, in this game, in this sport, anybody can get caught at any time, and that's pretty much what happened to him. Minus 640 favorite. So a card with a minus 640 favorite and a minus um, 1375 favorite and a minus, or yeah, losing, that's pretty crazy. Um, so, yeah, that was my that was my last one too. Oh, I have Austin Hubbard going down. Not necessarily too bad of a loss for him, but just he was kind of riding a high as, uh, as uh, coming off a big win, coming off a good win. Kind of people kind of thinking he was going to put it together, which uh, he has he had been, but tough loss for him. But nothing uh, nothing too bad. I don't think his stock drops too much, just a little bit. Yep. Cool. Moving on to uh, isn't he awesome? I don't have anybody else for the for going down. Do you? Nope. Or no, you said you didn't. So yeah, and Hubbard he screwed me on a bunch of parlays. So you know, <laughs> screw him. He's I know. Done. I thought done to me. I thought it was such good. I thought it was such good value too. I jumped on a bunch of them. Yeah. I, I mean, I had Agapova in a bunch of parlays, too. Like I said, just the greed inside of me telling me let's make this a six-fighter instead of a five-fighter. <laughs> just the bra- just to brag it, just the bragging rights of I putting try, together I put, a six-fighter. Yeah, I, I put Agapova on a – I didn't put her on any parlays, but I, like, clicked her on just to see what it would change the odds. It added, like, $10. So I'm like, uh, nah, that's not even <laughs> worth it. It was useless. Oh, well, you know, I, I – 
I, I was driving. Well, I wasn't driving when I was making my bets. I would never do that. But I was, before I left to drive home, I set them all up. Bovada is terrible on your phone. Bovada's just like garbage on your phone. It like doesn't work quite right. Like half the time you can't check your bet slip. So I had to really like rig them up. I couldn't really check them like I wanted to. So I threw some wild stuff together. And um, yeah, I threw her in there just so I could have bragging rights that like that my six fighter was going to hit and everything. And then uh, those that, I mean, it was just useless. So lesson to all of us. But anyways, was, and I thought Austin Hubbard was on any of them. No, because I had Austin Hubbard, I think, on all the ones that I had her on. Because I thought that was perfect, like great yeah. value on Austin Hubbard because that was like even odds. Um, so I do have one to point out, though, but I'll, I'll save it for my Isn't He Awesome, which I believe we're ready all for, right. right? Yep. All right, so that'll bring us to our next segment, Isn't He Awesome? You, you, know, you, you, know, what, you know what Connor told me? He says, I want Khabib in Russia. <laughs> Is he fucking awesome? He's like, I want Khabib in Russia. Yeah. Connor McGregor is a fucking unicorn. There's nothing like him. And uh, he's, he's, t- he's, he's, he's working on boxing Floyd Mayweather. And then he's talking about Khabib in Russia right after. It's just, those are the kind of things that make that kid a fucking superstar. Somebody. You know? I got guys telling me, eh, I don't want to do, 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 you know, fucking, I don't want to fight this guy and I don't want to do this. I want Floyd Mayweather and I want fucking Khabib in Russia. How do you not love him? How do you not love Conor McGregor? All right, I'll go first. So my Isn't He Awesome is, we've talked about him a little bit, but I'm going to talk about him a little more. Jordan, the Beverly Hills Ninja, right. And I, it's more of a, more of a shout-out than, uh, than a Isn't He Awesome, a typical Isn't He Awesome. I just want to point out, I had a huge parlay that did include Sean Dobson. And it did include Trevin Jones, where I bet against Jordan Wright because I thought he was a goofball. Um, this would have been the biggest like uh, odds. This would have been my biggest odds to ever hit. And I just I just severely underestimated Jordan Wright. I didn't give him credit for. Ha- I mean, we oh, at here at JLT we love guys with great nicknames. Beverly Hills Ninja is top notch nickname. I should have gone with my gut on that. I should have stuck it out. And um. Just like a double shout-out, Jordan Wright giving an ode to one of the greatest to ever do it, Chris Farley, the original Beverly Hills Ninja. Um, it's just a uh, – I just want to give him a shout-out because um, one thing you never, you probably will never hear again is fighting out of Beverly Hills. What, that's something that just doesn't go together. If you're out in Beverly Hills, you're only fighting because you love the sport. So um, shout-out to Jordan Wright. Shout-out to uh, Haru, a.k.a. Chris Farley, the original Beverly Hills Ninja. Great nickname. Keep that undefeated record intact. Eleven and zero. Even if your opponents are combined like ten and like eighty-seven now, whatever it takes. Got that. Got the Dana White contender series loss removed from his record because his opponent tested positive for weed. So I mean, this kid's just. Uh, it's going to be hard to bet against him because he's just got it going on all cylinders right now. I mean, you're undefeated. You're only lost. Then you get smoked in forty seconds, but it gets overturned. I mean, this kid's just got luck on his side, just like the just like the real Beverly Hills Ninja. So it's a perfect nickname, and uh, comes out gangbusters like a straight up kook throwing a spin kick, lands flush. I mean, I underestimated the guy, just like uh, just like you would underestimate Haru in the original Beverly Hills Ninja. So um, so my isn't the awesome is uh, Jordan Wright and Chris Farley, both of them, both of the Beverly Hills Ninjas. Nice, yeah, yeah, I agree. And 
Maya isn't he awesome this week? I'm, I'm going with Paulo Costa just because I'm getting more and more pumped up every week as it goes by, waiting for him to smash Israel Adesanya. Can't wait for him to knock that pink hair clear off of him. Um, you know, every time I see Israel, I think it's my isn't he awesome is more in Paula Costa and less about Paula Costa and more about how much I hate Israel Adesanya, honestly, and can't wait to see what Paula Costa does to him. Um, I just he gets cringier and cringier and cringier every time he talks, every time he makes an appearance. It's I don't and he thinks he's cool. I feel like, which makes it even worse, in my opinion. It just pisses me off even more. So I'm going with Paula Costa. He's taking it to him. You know, he's, he's talking trash, talking back, and uh, and it's uh, it's not too much longer. we got about a month until we uh, see him dethrone the champ. So, yeah, I believe we fully endorsed uh, Paula Costa on this, uh, on this podcast now. I believe we're 100% in on him. Oh, yeah, all day. So, yep, so Paula Costa, I'm sure it's not going to be uh, – you know, the last time he's my isn't he awesome. After he beats Israel Adesanya, I'll probably uh you know, I'll probably be both of our isn't he awesome. So yep, definitely a huge Paulo Costa pod- podcast around here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm saving one in the chamber for him too. Oh, and I got some I'm saving a few. I got some really good memes at the uh JLT Instagram page, just like that podcast Instagram. I've been saving some uh Paulo Costa memes that he put out, some tweets that he put out, so that fight week, I'll be I'll be uh, putting those up. Yeah, huge Paul Costa fan. We were we were we weren't we weren't Adesanya haters for a long time. Both of us. I remember text, we were talking about him like years ago when he first we first saw him. I think it was I don't remember who it was after, but one of his early fights. Like, man, this guy is good. Um, you told you straight up told me like he's gonna smoke with Robert Whitaker, and he did. And then like the cringe just started. Like we 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 didn't have anything against him. He he brought it on himself, I think. Yeah, exactly. He gets Yeah, I was a big fan. I mean, I still kind of I'm a fan of his fighting definitely still. And I do think it's going to be a really hard matchup for uh for Paulo Costa as I've said before, but uh yeah, it it's just it's hard to listen to him talk. And I'm really glad that they're not the ultimate fighter uh duo because <laughs> that would be maybe the hardest season to ever watch. I don't think I could watch it actually. To have to see that guy talk on TV for, you know, one hour a week would be awful. Yeah, but the Costa highlights would be worth it. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. But <laughs> it would be worth it, but it would be it would be tough. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to cringe that much. There's almost nothing that can make up for it. So, so yeah, good, isn't he awesome? I said it weeks ago. I'll say it again. Paulo Costa, call me delusional. First ever three-division champ on his way. He's going to take the middleweight belt, move up to light heavyweight. John Jones is gone. It's a great, it's a ghost town up there. And then finally, he's reaches final form and fight as a heavyweight, which he walks around as a big heavyweight. I mean, I think the guy could weigh, he could weigh, he could weigh north of 250 pounds if he wants to. So um, his reach isn't getting any longer, but he's a, he's a, he's a uh, powerful puncher, always coming forward. So first three-division champ, well on his way. JLT certified. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. I, I could see it happening. Um, no doubt, especially if John Jones is in that 205, like I said. Um, yeah, he could go all, all the way through him. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah, Paul Costa isn't he awesome. We're going we're gonna to stick with that one's going to come up more and more, especially as this fight comes up. But that will bring us to now our weekly call-out. Anderson Silva, you absolutely suck.
Super Bowl weekend, the biggest rematch in the history of the business. I'm calling you out, Silva, but we're up in the stakes. I beat you. You leave the division. You beat me. I will leave the UFC forever. All right, so all right, yeah, I was gonna say, all right, so weekly call out here, Ryan, you gonna go first for weekly call out? Yeah, I'll take it from here. So this week, I'm calling out people who don't put their dogs on a leash, and I'm not talking about these people. You know, I'm not talking about the people who walk around with their dogs off leash and have well-behaved, well-trained dogs. You know, that stay right by their side. If your dog's well-trained like that, more power to you. That's awesome. But I'm talking to the people with these untrained monsters like my dogs. You know, these people who know that their dogs are going to run up to any person or animal that crosses their path, but for some reason still have to have them off their leash. It's like, what the fuck is these people's problem? And, you know, these people, every time their dog runs up to you, they act like it's the first time it's ever happened. You know, for damn sure it's not the first time it's ever happened. You know, they're all, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. It's so unlike Wrigley. He never does this. I'm like, I sure, right? Definitely, he always does this. It, it pisses me off every single time. It keeps happening to me outside walking the dogs. And, you know, it's like, put your dogs on a leash, guys. All right, so my call this week will be Bellator. Um, and I don't want people to think this is just business as usual at JLT bashing on Bellator. I watched the events, and there's been some good ones. And first, before I bash them, I want to give them a shout-out for their um, their commentary crew. Is It's a it's a wild circus, but it's it, I think it works. I see people bashing it. They got, a lot of, they got a lot of personalities on this. They got Chael Sonnen and Jay Glazer at the desk. They got the GOAT, Goldie, on the call. And then they have Josh Thompson and uh, Big John also at the desk. There's a lot of personalities kind of clashing. I think it works as like the perfect storm. A lot of people bash it because it's just a bunch of uh, alphas talking over each other. I like it. So, first of all, shout out to Goldie. Any chance we get, give Goldie a shout out. And uh, the other guys do a good job too. And their last event was good. This week on Bellator. The event was, not only was it terrible, um, Bellator, I see what you're doing. We all see what you're doing. Waiting for John Jones to vacate the belt and then randomly, not randomly, calculatedly trying to say that Ryan Bader is now the best light heavyweight on the planet is laughable, despicable, stupid, silly, a joke, every, any way you want to put it. The guy, do we not remember DC? Do you remember DC? I want the easiest fight in the division. I want Ryan Bader. Back when he was still with the UFC, goes over to Bellator, wins the belt, does not defend the light heavyweight belt for three years. He moved up and did the the heavyweight Grand Prix, fought a, fought a bunch of senior citizens, won the Bellator Grand Prix, was not defending his lightweight belt, light heavyweight belt. And then, the, so the whole story leading up to this is Ryan Bader is the best light heavyweight in the world, gets starched by some Russian kid no one's ever heard of. Absolutely crumpled. You want to talk about a late stoppage? If uh, if Ariel and those guys were watching this, they would have been literally in tears because he got dropped four separate times. He was running away the last time he got dropped, and he got dropped again. He got dropped and was just standing up and eating punches as he stood and doing like the almost to, almost to your feet, drop again, almost to your feet, drop again. Three times, finally gets up, tries to run away, and this kid just lands a left hook on him that just crumples him, folds him up, uh, yeah, there goes your greatest light heavyweight on the planet, Bellator. What a stupid idea. 
What a stupid, what just a brash and absurd, like see your little opening and try to make a move. It was terrible. That backfired on Bellator so bad. If anybody watched Bellator, they would have seen it. Luckily for them, not a lot of people saw this huge gaffe. It was just a, uh, it was just a joke. And then they tried spin zone, emergency, uh, emergency PR. Now this kid forgot his name. He did look good, but forgot his name. Now he is the new best light heavyweight on the planet. Some 27 year old uh, Russian with Fedor in his corner, which is pretty cool. But and he looked good. No doubt he could be a UFC 205er. But this uh, this um, this uh, this stunt completely backfired on Bellator. It was an absolute joke. This is why. I mean, it was like it was like when your little brother thinks he got a way to beat, got an edge on you on something and is going to beat you at something, and it's just like, come on, man, you weren't even close. There's levels to this, Corey Anderson. There's levels to this. So. Uh, that's, that's my call for the week. And, uh, by the way, Ryan Bader looked terrible. His defense for kicks was just to turn his head the other way. And that's how he eventually, that's how he ended up getting dropped. So Darth, Darth, uh, Darth Bader may want to move up to heavyweight and stay there fighting, fighting senior (laughs) citizens in Bellator. No offense to Darth Bader either. Yeah. I actually, uh, actually saw the, uh, I watched the fight actually right before this. I I figured I'd go check it out. And yeah, he, he turns into a head kick like, and him, uh, him running away at the end. was just ridiculous. It looked like he was tr- trying to find the door to the cage to get the hell out of there. Cause he was done. <laughs> he might've been, what did you but, think of that uh, stoppage though? Because it, I, it really wasn't a late stoppage. Cause he was standing up. He never stopped fighting. Yeah. I thought he was standing. I mean, don't ask me if I think a stoppage is late. It's rarely going to be, <laughs> I'm rarely going to say it's late, but uh, I thought yeah, it was that, fine. That is true. Yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> the, the way I saw it was he was, he was still standing up. He was still moving, but he took like 50 shots. It was, it was pretty brutal, but it was one of those things like, let it keep going. Maybe he gets out of it and clears the cobwebs and uh, lives to fight. But yeah, that was a, uh, that was quite a stunt Bellator tried to pull there um, with uh best light heavyweight on the planet and i think ariel bought into it some of those other guys bought it, or they were pushing it they were pushing it that maybe he was the best light heavyweight on the planet this was just a calculated effort waiting for john jones to relinquish his belt and finally move on to heavyweight uh i mean ariel and them were pushing that narrative oh. that's that's so ridiculous because Corey anderson might be able to beat ryan bader <laughs> who just went over to who the ufc just released willingly because uh because he wanted his release they i read some article today it said that uh that um i guess Corey anderson asked for his release because he had a few fights left on his contract and Corey anderson said they released him within 20 seconds of him requesting <laughs> it <laughs> they didn't even have to think twice about it oh wow i mean Corey <laughs> anderson's got a good shot at the title down there and then but that russian kid was good yeah i mean that that yeah, he did look. The Russian dude did look pretty good, but it's like how old and and you know how over the hill is Bader, you know, and definitely I can't believe they were even trying to push that. It didn't even come across my my view because you know I could care less about Bellator, but I mean they do have some good fighters. I mean their lightweight division um, is probably their best division, but besides that, their one seventy is pretty good. pretty pretty slim. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Their one seventy is good. Those two divisions, one fifty five and one seventy, are pretty are decent. Yeah, absolutely. Their heavyweight division. But, oh, big country Nelson was on that card. Did you see that fight? No, I just watched the main event. Yeah, you don't want to see it. You don't <laughs> want to watch that one. It was why. What happened? <laughs> that dude has slowed down. Nothing. 
He yeah, exactly. Nothing. Yeah, he got uh he got he got thirty twenty seven and uh I don't think he landed a punch. And um I don't think he's knocked I think somebody said he hasn't knocked a guy out in like five years or something, and he wasn't even close. All they do, all they did the whole time was talk about, well, he's always got that right hand. He could always change the fight. Yeah, big big country Nelson, another thing about him, and I I used to love like seeing his big fat ass fighting because it was such like a paradox of watching a huge overweight guy just drop people um he's almost run his record back to 500 he's like 22 and uh, 19 now or something that's pretty rough Jeez. yeah that's like bj penn running his to 500 so <laughs> so um yeah i mean bellator they had a really good event a couple weeks ago this one was not good and um i just happened to be home on a friday night watching it but that was a calculated effort by bellator to try to pull off this weird we have the best lightweight light heavyweight division on the planet stunt and it backfired miserably. And, um, yeah, so that's why I'm calling him out. Again, Goldie, no disrespect. Uh, I think the crew is great over there. I think Bellator events are hit or miss. But this this uh, this PR stunt was just absolutely uncalled for. And um, just don't try it again. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Bellator tries that from time to time, <laughs> and it always just seems to blow up in their face. So yeah. it's like maybe try it after the fight, you know? <laughs> do it after the fight. Yeah, that would be good advice. But, I don't know who's running the show over there, but yeah, that was a maybe. Maybe I'll tweet Scott Coker <laughs> next time. You're gonna claim to have the best fighter in the world. Just try, wait till after the fight. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Although he'd probably love to try a crossover promotion, but that'll never happen. So, I mean, we crack on Bellator in fun quite often, and it's not their fault. And they, like I said, they have some good fighters. It's like a minor league. It's like a minor league system that hangs on to a few like all stars just to kind of keep keep some names other over there. So, um, but if you're not doing anything on a Friday night, they're not. It's not bad to watch, and it's they're still on Paramount, and their prelims are on YouTube, so it's not hard to watch. Um, so and you turn, usually get to watch cops afterwards, so that's good. Yeah. Paramount Network underrated. Oh, but Cops is canceled now, so never mind. Yeah, but they used got... to always play Cops right after the Bellator events, just reruns. So I don't know if Cops completely off air, or if they just don't make new seasons. Yeah, but... I mean, I was I was watching yeah. Cops up until it's up until uh, Rest in Peace Cops. Um, I was watching Cops right up until the very end. That's just a good show. It was just a good show. Like, and I thought that show was. We don't need to get into that, but I thought that show was a helpful indicator. But um, I guess not. So yeah, R.I.P. Cops. Great show. <laughs> had a great run. Um, but Bellator is still on the Paramount Network. That's the only reason I know about the Paramount Network. So we started with a call out of Bellator. We ended with an ad for Bellator. Um, we're we're still good guys at the end of this. At the end of the day, if some if Paramount Network needs to cancel something, it's Bellator, not cops. Goldie's at Bellator, so we can't let him get too far away. Um, so that'll do it. That'll do it for my call out, though. I don't need to keep going on and on. So, all right. So what do we got next? We got the news. Yeah, we got news here, mostly just fight announcements. Um, here's some fight announcements, and uh, I'll actually give you the dates because I have them here. Um, we have some good ones, some big ones, too. Let's start with uh, we got Till versus Hermanson. They're headlining on December 5th. This is a good fight. Then we have a title fight. This is a uh, slaughter in the making, in my opinion. We got Amanda Nunes versus uh, Megan Anderson. This is a women's featherweight bout. These pop up every once in a while. Amanda Nunes decides to go up and, uh, you know, just beat them down. But, I mean, I guess she's beat up all the other girls, so now she's going to fight Megan Anderson. Um, 
I don't know. This may be one. This may be one of her biggest. She may be one of the biggest betting favorites of all time on this one. Personally, that women's featherweight division is pretty rough. I don't know how much longer they're going to keep it around. But um, Saturday, December twelfth, we'll find out if uh, if um, Megan Anderson can give Amanda Nunes any type of uh, matchup test. Yeah, and let's not forget Felicia Spencer beat Megan Anderson. So this should be a uh, a fun fight. Yeah, I mean, she, it's just, you just beat, it's just a cycle. Like, they weren't fighting for the title. They, they were fighting for, they weren't, they were both getting a title shot. They were just fighting for who gets it first. And uh, it was Felicia Spencer. <laughs> right. So then it's Megan Anderson. The same thing happens, though, down in, uh, down in uh, the women's, uh, what is it? The women's um, not strawweight, uh, featherweight division with uh, Shevchenko. It's just a, uh, or not featherweight, uh, the 125s. And uh, it's just a revolving door of who whoever wins gets next up, and then the one after that gets the next shot. So that's uh. But anyways, that's uh. Amanda Nunes defending her belt. Saturday, December twelfth. Um, Saturday, October thirty first. Anderson Silva returns to fight Uriah Hall. They're just throwing Uriah Hall all over the place. Like they just um. He was supposed to fight, Jacare. He was supposed to fight somebody else, and now he's fighting Anderson Silva. So, I mean, Uriah Hall, it's perfect for him because he fights all over the place. Sometimes he fights really well. Sometimes he looks like crap. Uh, we'll see what Anderson Silva's got left, but this is a legend fight. I don't know how many fights. Uh, yeah, Anderson- uh, on this one, it's like I feel like they, they match Anderson Silva up with the worst possible opponents for the most boring fights lately. Like, it's like this This seems like it's going to be another fight where they barely throw and they kind of dance around and no one really lands any big shots. Like, can't we give him like, I don't know, like Sam Alvey or someone like that that's gonna stand there and just let him let him hit him or something, you know, land something good good on him? Like, why do we gotta put him against like a similar striker where it's probably gonna be like a chess match type thing? Like, let's. I want to see. It's been a long time since we got a highlight reel Anderson Silva KO. Let's get him a matchup. If we're gonna have him fight mid, like you know, not top guys, like let's get him a let's get him a nice win, you know. Yeah, and they could have got like a somebody who's more like a personality than an actual good fighter. And I feel like Uriah Hall's the opposite of that. He's more like no personality and just all over the place as a fighter. So we don't even know. There's like no predictable outcome for this. I want to say Anderson Silva has like three fights left on his contract. I think he's 44 years old. He is. Um, I don't have anything to back this up, but he's off the juice. So he's just been in a steady decline. He's probably just going to go out there and goof off and dance. And if he wins, he wins. If he loses by decision, he loses by decision. I don't know if he'll get knocked out. I don't know. Hard to, I mean, he's just, uh, this is a legend fight. A lot of people tune in. Anderson Silva, one of the greats. So, um, interesting fight. Like I said, I think he has three fights left. So, uh, I guess we won't want to miss it. It's a UFC fight night, so it'll be free. So, it'll be worth uh, tuning in for. And then finally, we got a pretty good one. Or no, I got two more. Uh, we got Blades versus Lewis. They both called for each other. This is Saturday, November 28th, uh, UFC fight night. They both called each other out. And um, Black Beast podcast, uh, Curtis Blades fans, I think this fight definitely favors Blades a lot. I don't know why Lewis wants this fight other than maybe he just wants to stay active. Um, this is a fight where uh, while they're on the feet, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't think they'll be standing very long. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Lewis needs to go out all out like um, 
you know, he needs to go like France Nagano basically does. He needs to he needs to try to take it to Blades right away and knock him out, try not to get taken down because I know Lewis just gets up, but Blades has, uh, you know, he's a pretty dominating wrestler. He might be able to uh, to keep Lewis down. Um, but I don't know. This this is an interesting fight, I think, and I'll be pretty interested to see how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, we saw Blades in his last fight kind of gas out. Um, Blades, I mean, he's willing to stand. He wants to wrestle as soon as possible, but when you got a guy with the power of Lewis, uh, it's it's not as easy to just shoot in. I know Lewis isn't the best wrestler, so if it goes to the ground, it'll probably be a little boring. But as far there, everything every fight starts standing, so it could be a fireworks. And um, another thing, there's a lot on the line here, so this is a this is a high stakes fight, especially for the heavyweight division. So um, November 28th, definitely be watching that one. Uh, good to see two guys who call each other out get the fight. That's always cool to me, at least. And um, this will be a, uh, yeah. a heavyweight showdown. And Yeah, and I'm thinking maybe Blades stays on the feed and could possibly get knocked out on this one because he took a lot of heat for his last fight. It was a pretty uh, boring affair. So maybe he tries to bring it and, uh, and you know, gets clipped. That could, you know, that's possible. This would be uh, – this is an interesting one, I you know. I, I think it could go a lot of different ways. I, I can't really put a finger on which way it's going to go. All right, and last but not least, we got Brian Ortega versus the Korean Zombie making it official Saturday, October 17th. This one has been in the works for a while, a long time. I almost I mean, by the time they get it done, it'll be like nine months in the works. This is a UFC fight night. Uh, like I said, Saturday, October 17th. Uh, I like this fight a lot. I like Korean Zombie a lot. I um I don't know what the, what the line is going to be on this, but... um. I'm thinking this is a good fight for Korean Zombie. I would love to see him get a big win yeah. here too. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, Korean Zombie's been looking good. Um, you know, I think he deserves a title shot here soon. He's been uh, he's been racking up the win, so I'm always excited to see him fight. He seems like he always puts on a show. I don't think this will be any different as long as he can avoid getting submitted. Um, we know Brian Ortega's not not elite on the feet, although he does have some some good wins by knockout, but the Frankie one. You know, definitely that was a nice knockout. But overall, his striking's nowhere up to you know speed with somebody like I think Korean Zombie should piece him up if it if it stays standing. So just need to uh, avoid the submission, and I think Zombie takes that one. Yeah, and I hope Zombie takes it. Um, so I'll be rooting for him. Couldn't find the odds on it. Just tried to look them up. Nothing nothing posted yet. But that fight is official, and like I said, that's one that's been in the works for like a long time. So. Um, so, yeah, good fight. Love seeing Korean Zombie fight. Uh, we got, for news now, we got a uh, Dana White bringing up his arch rival, Oscar De La Hoya, again. Uh, Oscar De La Hoya coming out of retirement to box at 48 years old or something. And uh, Dana White got a nice little jab in here. Said uh, coming out of retirement because cocaine isn't cheap. Um, said that in his press conference after the fight night. Uh, that, that's just a good burn. That, that wouldn't fly with any other um, – uh, what would you call him? That wouldn't fly with any other president of any other organization, promotion, real. I mean, other than uh, other fight promotions, but like that wouldn't fly if like Roger Goodell said it about somebody or any any commissioner or anything. So um, good to see those two still hate each other. And uh, I don't know why Oscar De La Hoya, why else he'd be coming out of retirement. So uh, I guess that's the thing to do right now. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Uh, their feud's pretty uh, entertaining. They go back and forth all the time. So always like to see Dana get a good jab in on Oscar. So, but um, 
Yeah, it's up. And then uh, this is a uh, next piece we got. It's uh, a tweet that you sent me. Um, a better placed a twenty-five thousand dollar wager on Maria Agapova that would have only netted them one thousand seven hundred and seventy-five dollars if she had won. I bet that uh, that guy feels like an idiot right now because um, that's just uh, just a terrible bet. It seems like, and in yeah. hindsight. And let's break it down for a second because this guy is probably he first of all he probably feels like the most unlucky son of a bitch on the planet. Like how much how much more you must feel like the universe is against you. Because everybody thought that that fight was a lock. The biggest who's going to who's going to be there betting this much on the biggest upset of all time. Like first of all, if you're grinding this hard to make uh $1700, $25,000 is probably a shitload to you. Like he probably put his whole bank account in there in hopes that he could make 1700 because it was like, thought it was free money. Um, I just got a feeling this guy, this guy, uh, he's probably hurting pretty bad. Probably feels like the worst, the most unlucky guy of all time. And I don't blame him because this, uh, I mean, imagine watching that fight with all this on the line. It had to feel like you were in like a bad dream or a bad movie. Cause like I said, if he's grinding this hard for $1,700, what do you think 25,000 meant to him? Yeah. Yeah. I hope it wasn't some guy that had $25,000 to his name and thought like, Oh, this will like an 1800 win. Like this is a lock. And, and he just gets crushed. That would suck. Uh, I, I I wonder if it's the same person who put, um, what, who was that? How much did they bet on Amanda Nunes in the Felicia Spencer fight? A million bucks. Yeah. yeah, Something outrageous, something outrageous for a very low sum of money. Yeah. But Amanda Nunes, that, that money's safe. That money was safer than a Brinks truck. A girl, a a young girl who's had already had one touchy loss on the contender series, coming in to fight. I mean, she looked good in her last fight. She beat up Hannah Cyphers, but I just I just feel like but like I said, if Hannah Cyphers. Yeah, if you're grinding this hard for for seventeen hundred bucks, he was probably like, oh, I can just uh, loan my put my bank account out as collateral, and then I can uh, get eighteen hundred bucks. Just got to chill for a couple hours, and then I will. Uh, It'll pay for my weekend in Las Vegas. And then just imagine watching that fight. The whole thing breaks down in front of your eyes. You must feel like the, you must just feel like the, uh, you, you'd have to just feel like just sick. It would just have to feel like the universe was against you. Possibly maybe launch a JLT investigation, find out who this knucklehead was because that's just a <laughs> terrible bet. I'm an idiot for putting around my parlays. I agree. They were small parlays. They were stupid. But this is just a whole new ball game of stupid. Unless this guy had all sorts of bets out, um, I don't see why this ever made sense. But yeah, I mean, what a bloodbath! That is, uh, yeah. that is a brutal loss. That's the worst bad beat I've ever heard of. Imagine just watching her run on a gas and just uh, JLT moron of the week. <laughs> yeah, moron of the year. Poor bastard. <laughs> all right, so enough of that, poor bastard. We'll move on. Dana White. After the fight, not only did he say Oscar De La Hoya is coming out of retirement so he can pay for his cocaine habit, he also said Tony Ferguson is probably fighting Dustin Poirier, which is an awesome fight. Yeah, can't complain about that. That should be uh, a potential JLT just bleed fight of the night for sure. Absolutely. And um, I'm ready to see it. I'll, I'd like to see it now. Yeah, I, I just wanted to get let's make it official as soon as possible because this is like a a dream matchup, and uh. I mean, Poirier, they're both in position, I guess, to I, – I don't know where Tony Ferguson's at at this point. Um, tough fight for him, though, like as far as a matchup. I think Poirier would, is going to hit him a lot too, similar to what Gaethje did. But, I mean, comeback uh, 
uh, Tony Ferguson had had no corner in his last fight. Like, let's face it, those guys were idiots. But I rewatched that fight the other night, and they didn't. They were so clueless, so out of it. I mean, telling the guy to throw sand and oh man, that and they all. I think they've all come out and said like we had no plan because to this point, Tony had basically cornered himself. He's so weird. He's such an oddball. He had so many tools, but he kind of got exposed by Justin Gaethje. But again, just bleed fight. Tony Ferguson didn't didn't get dropped by a single shot from Gaethje. I don't think uh, Dustin's going to be able to drop him unless there's some uh, combination from uh, the Gaethje fight. So uh, complications from the Gaethje fight. So awesome fight. Let's get it done. And then our last fight, our last uh, our last piece of news is uh, also from the press conference. Um, this one, Dana pretty much did confirm. He said all Joe will get all Joe uh, Sterling will get the next title shot against Peter Yan. So that's finally confirmed. So we can stop uh, speculating on that, talking about that, and uh, all Joe can kind of stop uh, uh, just begging for it on Twitter all day long, which he deserves it. Um, finally, finally gets announced. Took a long, long time. I don't know what they were trying to sneak in there. If there was a side side hustle they were trying to get done, but. Um, Aljamain Sterling is going to get the title shot. So that's good too. Let's keep that division moving. Yeah. Yeah. And I like to see that he definitely deserves it. Um, you know, may you think maybe Frankie, you're getting that win. <laughs> maybe they try to like throw another 145 or right in front of, uh, Aljo yeah. at the last minute, I thought but, it was possible. Uh, who knows? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'd definitely like to see Aljo get that fight. Yep. Yeah, but so yeah, I would definitely like to see Aljo get that fight, and uh, yeah, I'm mean, I'll definitely be watching that one. It should be a good fight. All right, so that'll bring us to our preview of UFC on ESPN Plus thirty three, Smith versus Raychik. Um, we got Anthony Smith versus Alexander Raychik. Am I saying that right? Raychik. I don't know how to Raychik. say it, man. All right, we got we Anthony just Smith versus names. We don't care. <laughs> Dude, I just listened to his name because I've said it a million times, and then I even watched YouTube videos to hear it again. It's just when it comes out of my mouth, and then it's just like automatic brain freeze. So Alexander Ray Raychik Raykich Alexander Anthony Smith versus Alexander Raykich, um, headlining. Um, n- nothing against Anthony Smith, although I really bashed him earlier this, in this very episode, but I'm not too stoked to see him headline another fight, but. I mean, anything can happen. Alexander Rakich is a pretty exciting guy, likes to come out and attack right away. Anthony Smith is a fast starter who can surprise you. Um, he's had some big wins in his career. He looked, he, he ran out of gas against uh, Glover Teixeira. He uh, underestimated the old guy. So um, right now, Alexander Rakich is a minus 280 favorite, a pretty sizable favorite over Anthony Smith at plus 240. Um, what do you think about this one? And uh, what do you think about that line? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's fair. I think it, I think Rakic wins. I think that's about where it should be. Um, I mean, Anthony Smith has proven he's tough, he's durable, but um, yeah, I mean, I I don't think he really has uh, has much to offer in this fight. I mean, it's not like uh, Rakic is a world beater though. Um, so you know, he he could pull it off, but I I doubt it. Um, I think it's uh it's Rakic fight to lose in this matchup, and uh, I I'd look for uh you know possibly. I know it's, you know, I think Anthony Smith took a lot of damage. It could be a knockout, um, but it, it may also be a decision. So we'll see. I think it should be a good fight. Both guys tend to bring it. So it should it should be, uh, you know, definitely a good fight for the fans regardless. Yeah, definitely. No no knock on Anthony Smith for co- being a guy that comes to fight. And uh, Alexander Rakic as well. I, he's a fast starter. Um, 
a lot of people look at his last loss. Uh, I think it was a maybe a split decision loss to Volkan Ozdemir that they think Rakic got robbed. Um, I don't remember how I watched how I scored that fight, but um, I think Volkan Ozdemir is probably a slight level above Anthony Smith. Um, think about this for a second, just just because we're talking about Anthony Smith, he could have legitimately been the champion a couple of years ago when John Jones kneed him in the head when he was down. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. If he would have, uh, yeah, he could have got the DQ there. That would have been ridiculous. He could have taken it for sure. He had every right to take it because that was an idiotic knee by John Jones. I remember screaming at my TV. Um, just imagine a parallel universe where Anthony Smith is a former champion. Pretty, pretty strange. <laughs> we would have, I don't that been a, I wouldn't count that though. I mean, if you win a, if you, you shouldn't be able to win a belt by DQ in my opinion. <laughs> Should just be an automatic no contest and you got to refight. Yeah, I think so. If it's for the title, I mean, if you have the belt off a of DQ, then, then I, I don't been. think you could call yourself a champion. Like with the, I mean, I'm, I know there's guys out there that would, but I don't think Anthony Smith's the type of guy that would actually be walking around like he did something. You know, he's not a, um, yeah, I don't think he's the type of guy to do that. Which is why he didn't take the DQ win. You know, he had he had the out and he didn't take it. So you definitely respect the guy for that. Yeah, I give him a ton of credit for that. I, you know, I mean, he's I no like Marlon to... Vera. Mar- <laughs> Marlon Vera would act like he would have got won the. Marlon Vera would have won the title by DQ. He would have act like like he knocked the guy out or something in the post fight press conference. He's been like, I set that up, you know, went down to my knees, knowing he was gonna knee me in the head. Or, you know, Marlon Vera would be bragging about it. I Idiot. headbutted his knee. I headbutted his knee and put him <laughs> out. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, absolutely no. Uh, I have nothing bad to say about how Anthony Smith carries himself. I will say this. In that fight, I saw him looking inside of himself for a very brief amount of time and considering taking that, uh, taking, not not going out with the fight. I saw, I could see it in his eyes. He made the right decision, and he had every right to take it, take it because, uh, I mean, he's, he's, he clearly was rattled by that knee. It landed flush on his head when he was down. So I saw him look inside himself. And uh, he made the respectable decision. So uh, respect to him. Um, the UFC probably, in a lot of ways, um, is thankful for that. But, uh, yeah, just a little parallel universe there where Anthony Smith is a former champion and uh, the goat of bad tattoos at the same time. So uh, we'll move on to the next fight. Probably more interesting to me is uh, Neil Magny versus Robbie Waller. We got Neil Magny as a minus 250 favorite. I think he's come down a bit. And uh, Robbie Lawler is a plus 210 underdog. Um, there might be some value on Robbie Lawler here as uh, another vet. And uh, Neil, Neil Magny being a vet too, but not a guy, not as much of a volume guy. And uh, could be could be an interesting matchup for the uh, former champion, Robbie Lawler. Yeah, I thought that line was interesting. Um, just seeing Neil Magny that big of a favorite. I mean, I, I think Neil Magny is the favorite in this fight. Uh, but I, I don't know if it's that big. I guess they maybe they're seeing this seems like, um, you know, a line on a fight like this. When I see Robbie Lawler plus 210, it all, you know, it makes you almost think too good to be true. It almost seems like a trap fight. Whenever something like whenever I see something like this, I'm like, Robbie Lawler looks like really good value there. He's not. He's, you know, he's the odds makers know what they're doing in a fight like this. These guys got plenty of history to where I think they know that which way this one will most likely go. Uh, you know, I think they make a line like this because they say anyone that loses to uh, to Ben Askren doesn't deserve to be, you know, under, you know, a plus 200 favorite or underdog. I mean, um, so, yeah, you lose to Ben Askren, you're going to have some, you know, you're going to look at uh, 
at plus money on the sports book the next fight up. All right. Yeah, I mean, that is true. Was that his last fight? Or what, what, he fought Col- Was it? When did he fight Colby? Because he didn't throw anything against Colby. I think that was before. That was probably his worst like, tentative I think that was performance. Before. Where it looked like maybe. Yeah, I don't remember which was which. I'm afraid to click on anything because my internet's so shitty. Um, yeah, I got it. Um, Colby Covington. Oh, Colby Covington was his last fight. So, yeah, he's lost to RDA, Ben Askren, and Colby Covington in his last three fights. Uh, before that, he beat yeah, Donald like, Cerrone. But, uh, in a close fight. All right. So, yeah, next fight up, we got uh, – then we'll talk about we got Magomed and Kalaya versus Ian Kudalaba. Hopefully this one goes off this time. <laughs> Um, definitely been dying to see this one again. Uh, Magomed, I think he's going to take it to Kudalaba, but Kudalaba's a live dog. I think he, uh, you know, they're both going to bring it in. It depends who goes out first. Yeah. We've been waiting for this fight for how long now? This is, uh, this is attempt number four on this one or three. Um, we got our first, they actually technically fought, but we had the, uh, the, uh, Ian Kudalaba playing possum get cost him because, uh, referee uh, Kevin McDonald jumped in and stopped it. Then we had a re, re, uh, rescheduled for um, the 252. Somebody had COVID. Kudalaba had COVID. We might finally get this fight, though, and I'm hoping we do. They keep rescheduling it like automa- like instantly because we they know people want to see it. I mean, we've been waiting since February now. Um, Kudalaba is a plus 275. Magomed Ankalev is a minus 335, so pretty good-sized favorite. But like you said, always a live dog. Could be a just bleed fight for the third time. We've said this now, and um, definitely one to watch for. And uh, hopefully this time it gets it done. We get it done. Yep. Yeah. Next up, we got Alessio de uh, Circo versus Zach Cummings. Um, should be a good fight. Uh, you know, Cummings is a vet. Alessio is you know more of a prospect. Not really a prospect, but um, you know, kind of newer newer than Zach Cummins. It should be a good fight. Interesting. I'm interested to, to watch it. I don't really have um, an idea of which way this one's going to go. It's, it, I believe um, Alessio is a pretty big favorite, I believe, in this one. Uh, oh, no, it's pretty close. Minus 120 to plus 100. So, um, yeah, we'll see how this one goes. Keep an eye out for it. So, yeah, and um, after that... Um, the other fight we will talk about is let's see, what do we got on the on the menu? We got uh, Alex Caracas uh, versus uh, or Alex Caceres, oops, Alex Caceres versus uh, Giga Chickadaisy. Um, you know Giga's been showing up. He's uh, he's put on some good fights lately, um, and uh, Caceres got a good win um, recently here too. I don't really know if it's actually that good of a win <laughs> or just a hype prospect going down again. But, uh, yeah, this one should be a good one to watch out for. What do you got on this one? Yeah, uh, what's his name? Giga Chikatsi. He looked really good in his last fight. Um, Bruce Leroy there, he looked uh, all right. He beat the crap out of uh, Chase Hooper, who we don't even know if he could even t- – has any stand-up, which we should have seen that one coming, I believe, now looking back, or at least uh, had more of a clue. But, uh, yeah, I think Giga Chikatsi, he's a minus 245 favorite. I think that's a good line for him. He looked really good in his last fight. Um, but this should be a good fight. I mean – Alex Caceres, he's he's got tools and he's a veteran and he's fought a lot of fights. He's one of those guys that like he sometimes he finds a way to lose it. And I think that's what I was thinking going into the Chase Hooper fight is talent, talent, skill, but finds a way to lose. Um, so I would def I'm definitely leaning towards Chikazi on this one, even though I don't really necessarily like the line. So it'd probably just be a pass overall. But um, 
definitely a fight to watch from an entertainment standpoint. Yep. Yeah, I'm a I'm a recent Giga fan, so I'll definitely be watching this one. Um, other than that, those are the matchups we kind of got highlighted. Other than that, you know, watch out for Alexa Grasso. Um, she always brings it. Ricardo Ramos um, hasn't been on a great streak lately, but, um, you know, I would like to see him get a win. And uh, last but not least, Coconut Bombs, Mackie Patolo. We thought for some reason he was on the last card, but it's not. He's on this card. Um, so, you know, those are all people, to, fighters to watch out for on this card. Um, with our opponents, um, you know, we don't have the best matchups for them as far as name value, but they're uh, they're definitely fighters to watch out for. Yeah, and early on the card, we got Sean Brady, who I think is like 13-0. and 0. Um, Might be in the running for... MMA tattoo guys because his entire back is a demon although it's well done so it's actually maybe pretty cool but uh fighting Christian Aguilera who's been like fighting like just regularly on this COVID thing so um yeah I mean there's good fights in here there's a uh, and there's some good lines some of the lines are tough yep yeah other than that I don't really have uh anything going on um anything else to really go over is there anything else you want to bring up on this one or any uh, any fights to look out for? We got tons of good fights coming up. There are a lot of good main events coming up, so definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, it seems like they just keep adding fights every single week. So you think you think there's going to be a break coming up? There's not. There's no breaks. Um, just looks like we're going to have them. Yeah, going to keep having fights every week from uh, now until who knows when. Maybe until COVID's over. We'll there see. There are no breaks. We and another one I didn't even announce on my fight announcements. Uh, uh, Santos returns against uh to share us so the 205 division is kind of like having their own little tournament right now and uh jan blockovich versus uh dominic reyes is for the title the vacant title so uh thiago santos versus uh glover to is a 205 fight and then we got our uh, rake rakich for smith this weekend so keep an eye on the 205 division maybe trying to bounce back after um bellator trying to sneak in and dethrone them real quickly so uh look for the look for the uh, ufc 205 division to uh have a lot of movement in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. And then there's Overeem versus Sakai in there, too, on uh, September 5th. All right, so that'll do it for us for this week, then. We'll be watching the fights this week. We'll be uh, recapping them next week, and we'll have another card to preview. So um, check back in with us next week. We'll be back, and uh, have a good one.
don't stop, homie. I go to jail if I get sacked. So block from me.